Here today, the words of Paul as written to the church in Thessalonia, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 15. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. This is the word of God for a people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Steve? Sometimes I get tangled up. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and uh, thank you for that new hymn. I didn't know that one, but I was starting to learn it pretty well by the end, and I like it. So thank you. Um, all right. Uh, I want to say hi to everybody, and I just want to say how great it is to be with you. Uh, whether we're worshiping together in person or online, I want you to know that I love you. And uh, let's pray. Lord, we come as thirsty people. Drench us in the presence of your Spirit. Lord, we come as hungry people. Feed us with your words of life. Lord, we come as weary people. Lighten our burdens and give us rest. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Well, right now I want you to remember a time, maybe going back for the last month or so, when you experienced God's goodness, even if it was in a very small way. Maybe you were reading something and it just spoke to you. Maybe uh, it was a, a prayer that God answered or God provided what you needed or the Lord helped you with a challenging situation or um, maybe it was simply you were going through a hard week and you just cried out to the Lord and somehow you made it through. So what I'd like to do now is uh, ask David to give us a little background music just for about 60 seconds while you just take a little bit and reflect and try to identify a time, maybe in the last month or so, when you experienced God's goodness.
Okay, thank you, David. How many uh, of you were able to come up with one in just such a short time? One minute. Raise your hand for me. Were able to? Oh, a lot of you. Okay. Uh, so, and maybe the rest of you will hear before the hour is done, but um, so I would encourage you sometime this week, share your story with somebody. Uh, someone that you believe will be encouraged by hearing it. Uh, and you can even tell them, my pastor uh, said that we have to do this, and I know it's not much, but would you listen to me? And you can do that. But share, I believe if you share your little story of God's goodness, somebody's going to be encouraged. Um, so... Uh, <clears throat> And another idea is you could share it at your group this week. For those of you who are in a group, I went to two groups last week. Uh, I had my regular Friday noon group, and then uh, I was a part of the new group on Wednesday night that is just meeting for this series. And uh, I don't know if you know this, we have more than 20 adult groups. Uh, some meet by Zoom, some in person. What do we do at group? For those of you who aren't in one, what do we do? Well, we build bonds of friendship. We support each other through life's ups and downs. We learn God's word together. We share our own perspectives on it. We laugh a little. We pray a little. We go home. We crave community because we were made for it. We are healthier people when we're in community. Uh, a study done at Vanderbilt University found that people who did not attend church we're twice as likely to die prematurely as those who do attend church. Another study was from the Harvard Public School of Public Health, and they surveyed more than 76,000 nurses over a 20-year span, and most of them were Catholic or Protestant. At the end of the 20 years, 13,000 of them had died. Those who attended church like a lot, like more than twice a week, you know, more than once a week, they were 33% less likely to have died during that time than those who did not attend at all. And, and, and the effect of attending religious services was greater even than other social events, like maybe going to a book club or volunteering for some organization. Now, one reason for the effect is that, that people who go to church we could say, generally speaking, may live healthier lives, but even when researchers factored out those lifestyle differences, the effect remained. Isn't that interesting? Here's, here's another finding. Women who go to church were just as likely to develop breast cancer as those who don't, but researchers were impressed that women who go to church were less likely to die from it. Now, I cannot explain that, but it's fascinating, isn't it? Today, we'll look at being a healthy community. We become a healthy community of Jesus' people by encouraging one another and building each other up. That is the heart of today's message, short and simple. Will you say it with me? We become a healthy community of Jesus' people by encouraging one another and building each other up. Well, this comes straight out of the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Thessalonica was a, part, was a, 
was a port city in the region of Macedonia. Today, uh, the city is called Thessaloniki, and it's the second largest city in Greece. On his second missionary journey, Paul went to Thessalonica. He attended the local synagogue there, and since he was such a learned man, they invited him to speak there at the, at the synagogue on three successive Sabbaths. After three weeks, some of those Jews and some of the God-fearing Greeks who were in synagogue with them, they believed in Jesus. But other Jews were jealous and angry and decided to get rid of Paul and his friend Silas. So they incited a mob which went out hunting for the two. And the mob went to the house of a new Christ follower uh, named Jason. And they dragged Jason and some of his friends before the city officials and accusing them of harboring troublemakers who defy Caesar by saying that Jesus is king. Saying Jesus is king was a political thing. Fortunately, Jason and the others were able to be freed by posting bond, and the believers were able to sneak out Paul and Silas uh, out of town. And, and you can read all about that in Acts 17. A few months later, Paul's in, in Corinth, and he gets word that the faith of the Thessalonian believers has been challenged. Now, they know that the crucified Jesus was raised from the dead, and, and they're eager for his return. The problem is it's taking longer for Jesus to come back than they thought. And now, a few of their fellow believers have died. What's going to happen to them? Is it too late? When my grandfather died, which may be about 35 years ago now, I remember this, though. I was one of the casket bearers. I... I was holding the handle in my right hand, and you know your left arm comes up as you're trying to balance yourself. And along with my brothers and my cousins, we carried him from the church to his burial plot, which was, you know, the cemetery was right next to the church. And I remember that long, somber walk. And those are the kind of times that we ask ourselves, what happens to those who die? Paul addresses this question in his letter. By the way, uh, 1 Thessalonians is very likely the earliest written document that we have in the New Testament, written about 50 or 51 A.D. Another interesting feature is that each of the five chapters ends with something about the return of Jesus. One of the words uh, Paul uses for it is the Greek word parousia, Parousia means appearing. It means the day that the Lord comes and sets all things right. Here's what we find at the end of chapter 4. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Isn't that a great picture? I love that with a shout from the sky and the archangel announcing victory and the blast of the trumpet for the arrival of the king. And Paul reassures them that their, their dead sisters and brothers in Christ will be miraculously bodily resurrected. You see, our hope in Christ is not that we will spend eternally as bodiless souls. We are promised 
physical resurrected bodies like Jesus' resurrected body. And the next verse is one that uh, I believe Christians in the last couple hundred years have often misunderstood, including me. Verse 17, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them, that is the dead in Christ who rise first, caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. I used to think that this was about a rapture when Jesus' people would suddenly vanish from the earth and be spared seven years of terrible tribulation. But that's not quite right. It's saying that when Jesus appears, his followers who are still alive will go to be with him and join him in his triumphal return to earth. The good news is that whether we have died before that day or are still alive, we get to be a part of the welcoming committee, right? We get to cheer for his arrival, just like the people who waved the palm branches and shouted Hosanna. And then verse 18 adds, Therefore, and in the meantime, encourage one another with these words. These words that we've, these two verses we've just gone over. And we encourage one another all the time. We need to do that, saying, don't give up. Don't lose faith. Yeah, the world's a mess, and sometimes we get treated badly, but the future is in God's hands. The day of the Lord is coming, so uh, when the world doesn't, just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, keep looking up. We have a Savior who's coming back, and he will make all things new. That's how we encourage one another. And we all need it, don't we? We all need encouragement. We become a healthy community of Jesus' people by encouraging one another and building each other up. Well, then in the start of chapter 5, Paul speaks about how none of us knows the day that Jesus is going to return. <laughs> and don't believe those who have a date for it because they're not right. Jesus said it's going to be, they're going to come, it's going to happen like a thief in the night. You're not going to know when to expect it. He said, our job is to stay faithful until he comes. Keep being Jesus' people. Turn our backs on our sins. Seek first the kingdom of God. Love God and our neighbors. Do everything to the glory of God. And Jesus will have no trouble recognizing us when he comes. In the passage that, that Russ read for us earlier, uh, verse 9 says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. When, when Jesus returns, it will be a time of judgment for those who refuse to listen to him, but for those who, who believe in him and trust him, it will be a time of salvation. And I love the promise in verse 10. It says, he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, that's, that's Paul's euphemism for the living and the dead in Christ, Awake or asleep. So he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may, say the end with me, we may live together with him. Now, this promise is short on details, but it gives us three things to know about the age to come. We will live together with him.
That's a lot packed in a few words, isn't it? We will live together with him. And that brings us to our key verse for today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Uh, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Kind of like keep up the good work. And that's the kind of community we need. That's the kind of community we crave. As we said before, we become a healthy community of Jesus' people by encouraging one another and building each other up. Some of you here, right here in this room, have the spiritual gift of encouragement. And we, the rest of us, are so thankful for you. (laughs) I mean, every time we meet you, you lift us up and you make us ready to face the day. and, 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 And encouragement is such a powerful thing, isn't it? You may not even know you have the gift of encouragement until somebody tells you. So I say, the rest of us, if you have been blessed by somebody's steady flow of encouragement, let them know how much it's meant to you. And even if encouragement is not your primary gift, it's something we all need to do, we all need to practice. Because that's how we build each other up. Now, the, the word for build in the Greek is, is similar to English. It can be used to physically build or repair something, or it can be used figuratively to strengthen someone and help them grow in confidence, okay, when you build someone up. I was thankful, Russ, that you had, had people uh, show their appreciation to Leah here a little bit ago. I, I have such a great staff. I brag... To my fellow pastors, I brag on them all the time. (laughs) Um, And part of my job with my staff is to build them up. And I hope I'm doing that. I hope they know that I'm always on their side. I I hope I express my appreciation to them often enough. I hope that they're confident that if if I see that they need to do something differently, I'll, I'll just come and tell them. And they do those things for me. Now, the next verse makes me think not only of our staff, but also of our our faith group leaders and our team leaders and those who serve in children's ministry and student ministry. Verse 12. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Whoever they are, acknowledge them, honor them, tell them, tell them how much you appreciate them. And, and I know that you do that. I, I know that many of you do that because you do it for me. You are an encouraging congregation. It also says that these, you have people that they, they admonish you. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean when someone admonishes you? Well, uh, it, it can mean instruct But sometimes it also means that they tell you truth that's hard to hear. They admonish you because they love you. They care for you. Do you have someone in your life like that? Who who loves you enough to admonish you, but they do it because they believe in you and care for you? 
What else does an encouraging congregation look like? Well, we get a glimpse in verse 14. It says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. I love those four actions, don't you? First, warn the idle and disruptive. And the word translated warn is the same word translated admonish uh, a little bit earlier. It's, it's uh, having the courage to show some tough love when you need to. Right? It's having the courage to set some boundaries. And that's part of what it means to be a healthy community. We also encourage the disheartened, and, and some of you are disheartened, I'm sure, right now. And that's okay. We all go through that sometimes. And what you need is not advice. You don't need a pep talk. The encouragement you need is somebody who's just going to take time to listen to you. Find out how you're really doing. Someone who will listen with care. I remember one time I was, I was discouraged about a particular situation, and not that many people knew about it, but just a handful. And one of them was a friend who came over, and he said, Steve, let's go for a walk. And we walked up and down a long cul-de-sac not far from our house. And I don't remember a whole lot from that conversation, but just the fact that he was there. And he said, let's go for a walk. That's what encouraged me. We also help the weak. And we're all weak sometimes, aren't we? Uh, we all need help. Like the song says, I get by with a little help from my friends. And I love where it says, be patient with everyone. Uh, maybe you've heard it said that everyone you meet is fighting a hard, hidden battle. Have you heard that before? Everyone you meet is fighting a hard, hidden battle. And that's why we've got to practice patience. One of the things that I, I'm trying to get a new habit of saying and trying to say it often is, it's okay, I'm not in a hurry. I mean, I've just got that, that locked into my head, so I'm ready to spit it out a lot. Uh, for example, maybe a, a clerk apologizes for keeping me waiting at a store. And I say, it's okay, I'm not in a hurry. And when I say I'm not in a hurry, it's not always so much that I feel that way or that it's a fact. It's more that it's a choice that I'm making, okay? I am choosing that moment to practice patience. And I think, who knows what God's going to do with a little gesture like that? Just to say, it's okay. I'm not in a hurry. And the final part of being in community is to not tear each other down. And if someone does tear you down, hopefully uh, you can be the one to not tear the other person down in retaliation. And that's what verse 15 is about. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. That's pretty bold stuff, isn't it? But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. So we choose to forgive one another rather than retaliate. You see, forgiving is how the community heals. And we need that. 
So now, imagine with me. Imagine a community that is healthy and healing. Imagine a community where we remind each other of God's promises. Imagine a community where we can count on someone to speak hard truth to us in love. Imagine a community where we can encourage one another and lean on each other. Imagine a community where we're learning to practice patience with one another. Imagine a community where we build each other up instead of tearing each other down. Do you want to be a part of a community like that? Who wouldn't? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we confess that um, too often uh, church has become a place to go. It's become an event we attend. Oh, but Lord, you're doing so much more. You are inviting us into community. Thank you. We confess that it's been easy to, to point out each other's faults. Uh, we've been easily irritated with one another at times. We've held on to grudges against those who have wronged us. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Take us on the path of forgiving one another. And help me today, Lord, to encourage someone. Listen to someone. Practice patience with someone. Build up someone. And now I'd like to give you a full minute where you can silently bring to God whatever's on your heart right now. now let's join in the prayer Jesus taught his community to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand as we sing.